You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. There's lots of fundamentals flying around at the moment, but uh, let's get rid of the fundamentals and look at technicals with Franz de Klerk, who's an independent technical analyst, speaking to us from somewhere in the Groot Karoo Desert in the Republic of uh, South Africa. And what I've seen recently, France, in the last uh, week or so, maybe it's a few more days than a, a trading week, is that the market hasn't been falling dramatically, but it's been steadily grinding lower in small increments. And if we start with the S&P 500, maybe that's the best place to start, actually. What are you making of it? Is this the start of something or is this just a little consolidation before we go up to the next level? Lindsay, what's interesting, if you look at the chart, you know, since last year, um, let's say from March, April last year, suddenly the market got this wonderful new rally to the upside. I mean, um, in my career behind the charts, and I mean, I'm, I'm involved with charts a long time before there was any software programs. I mean, this was the steepest rally in one way that I've seen in my whole life because it just went up. You had few year and there days or weeks that it went a little bit lower, but then immediately it just turned around and it rallied up. Now, this last week that we've just seen, yes. strangely enough, that was one of the first bearish engulfing candles. Now, that just tells you that the sellers were in control for that specific week. That was the first one, I think, in about seven weeks that we've seen that we can take note of. And we're right at the point now where the, the trend line of this wonderful rally is being tested. Now, that level of that trend line is sitting at triple four six. Now, while the market is above triple four six, and remember, I'm talking now about a weekly chart. Yes. So we'll probably only know by this coming week, Friday. Um, if it breaks below that triple four six, then we can say that we will see the first sign of weakness in a massive rally. But there's a, another tiny little line that we, we not always look at. We, I like to use the 40 week moving average and that is in, in daily terms, the 200 day moving average. But what we've seen over the last couple of 18 months, we've seen that the 20 week moving average, strangely enough, the 20 week, always acted as a support. The moment the S&P got close to that, it started to rally either through new measures from the Federal Reserve or from investors just climbing back in because they believe that the market offers some value. Now, that important line for me, and that's the one that I would actually want to, to take note of because if it breaks that line, then we know that after 18 months of a constant rally, that specific moving average wants to turn into a resistance. And that level is sitting at 4341. Now, some of the viewers will or the listeners will say, Yo, Franz, that's another 100 points down from here. But just keep in mind that this index came from, let's say, 2200 to 4600. So 100 points drop on that is almost nothing. Yeah. So um, that is my biggest thing that I'm looking at. But of course, and I think the most important level is, can the S&P 500 get above this level of 4545? If it can get above that line, then we know um, it can really move a little bit higher. But that, of course, is on a weekly close, not on a daily close, not on the intraday, but on a weekly close. And if I look at the stochastic, just maybe to put that in context, you know, it's the longest time in history that I've seen a stochastic 
stay up above the 90 zone. I'm not talking about the 80 zone because usually um, technical analysts will say when a, a stochastic or an indicator moves above the 80 zone, it's overbought. I've seen it now for almost 13 months in a row above 90, and that is very, very odd to see that. Uh, it doesn't happen a lot. That's unprecedented, isn't it, France? But yes. um, w- what I'm asking you now is you've given me f- four levels now. Uh, on the downside on the S&P, 4,446. Also 4,341. It's 100 points away. But anyway, as you say, it's just a hop, skip and a jump before we can get there. And on the upside, you've got 4,545. What do your indicators indicate and what does your gut feel tell you being an experienced market observer upside or downside for me personally if i can just use my experience i think a downside move at least to that 20 week moving average and then maybe from there a little bit of a bounce but i think that i'm 100 percent correct here that i think we on the brink of a major correction. And, then, and a major correction in the S&P will maybe be 6 to 10%. But mm. I think we've seen the high, unless there's new measures that you, know, that you cannot quantify if, if the Fed comes out of fancy. But if you look at the technical chart here, and the reason why I'm saying that there was a few weeks, the one clue was the week of the, of the let's say the 23rd of August, that week, we saw a bullish candle, but with a tiny little upper shadow at the top. And that tells you that there were some sellers into strength. The following week, it is, well, the, the next week of the, the 30th of August was exactly the same. Also a higher shadow telling me that there were some sellers in strength. And then last week, we saw that bearish engulfing candle. And the beauty with that bearish engulfing candle, it almost closed right at the bottom. I think it, it lifted one point from the bottom, and that's where it closed. Now, that for me is a bearish, bearish signal because I always like to look at shadows. And if I look on the previous weeks, and I can count many of them. I can just look at the chart. I can as easily count at least 10 to 15 weeks where there was lower sh- shadows, where it tells you that the investors were buying any dip. Suddenly, the last two weeks, higher shadows and a bearish engulfing candle and a test of a resistance line, of a support line that can turn into a resistance. For me, then, technically, I believe that we've seen the top of the market for now, and I think that we do for a, co- a correction soon. Okay, you say 6 to 10% might be a major correction. Uh, it, it could be more because of the extraordinary run uh, that we've had. Or it might just break up to the upside and we, we consolidate and then go higher. We'll see. And let's have a look at those weekly charts uh, after the close on Friday. Look at the RAND, France. The RAND is, is defying logic at the moment, or conventional logic anyway, because we've got commodity prices that are, are coming off, and the one commodity we don't want to go, uh, go up is going up, and that's the oil price. So we've got gold coming, gold a little bit stable uh, compared to PGMs, platinum group metals, they're coming down dramatically, iron ore coming down, and yet the, the, the RAND continues to stay very strong indeed, despite what JP Morgan has said about our our, our currency. So tell me about the RAND. Why is it so strong? The RAND also holds one of the keys that I believe that the S&P is due for a correction. And the reason why suddenly in the last five, six days, the RAND weakened from around 14, let's call it 1408, 
all the way to 1430. And that is coming out of what we call a waterfall formation. Now, a waterfall formation is a classic formation where the rand or any instrument just lifts its head and then somebody comes in to sell it down or to buy it in. So that's classic, classic. Now, in the rand's case, it was a waterfall formation where everybody just climbed in to buy the rand. And suddenly, let's say from about, you can say, last week, Friday, Thursday, suddenly there were lower shadows. And the clue for me was on the 10th of September. That evening, or we saw a what we call a dragonfly doji, followed up with another one, and that is a tweezer bottom. And that then told me that the waterfall formation is coming to an end. My stochastic were rock bottom. It was around five. And now we're starting to see the rand turning around. But my big level, irrespective of what the big banks say, if it can get above 1436, my first target on a rand will be 1457. And then, of course, above 1457, we back above the 200-day moving average. And that will tell you that we're heading for a weaker rand. And you can also see that straight away if the moment in, well, let's say the last couple of days, the moment the RAND tried to strengthen a little bit, there were some buyers um, selling the RAND and buying some dollars. So for me personally, I think we're on a change here. And that's why even gold, and maybe we'll have time to chat about gold, even gold is starting to, to strengthen. And that's an interesting phenomenon. That tells me that there's something bigger in the boil. And that tells you if the RAND weakens, and the gold price suddenly picks up, and the S&P is, let's say, almost under pressure, then something is on the boil, and we need to see which way it's going to go. But for me, weaker rand, definitely, and maybe a, a weaker gold price as well. Okay. Not gold price, uh, S&P 500. Okay, so we got uh, potentially a weaker S&P 500, which is an incredibly important indicator. Uh, weaker rand after its terrific run of late, uh, but the gold price. The gold price, uh, as I always say, is orbiting 1,800. It does, every time it goes below 1,800, everyone gets bearish, but people buy it up. Every time it goes a little bit too much above 1,800, people say, where to second let's offload a little bit of gold so 1800 seems to be very important to me probably not to you france but it, it seems like a pivotal level yes and that 1800 level is quite important because remember it's a psychological level as well yes but if you look at the weekly chart and strangely enough today i'm looking at weekly chart here if i look at the weekly chart of the gold price the gold price is showing an inverse head and shoulder. And that inverse head and shoulder is telling me that the gold price, irrespective of what any bank or any market do, that gold price is telling me that there's somebody that's buying the gold price. And for me, that $1,800 that you're talking about is crucial. But there's a little level just above that. And that is 1836. If it can get above 1836, I think we almost starting to see that this inverse head and shoulder, and of course an inverse head and shoulder is always a bullish formation on the gold price. If that inverse head and shoulder start to play out, the neckline of that will be at 1865. If that 1865 turns into a support, Lindsay, and I mean then we're about, let's say $60 about that magical 1800 level, Mm -hmm. then suddenly we can see the gold price heading to 2000, 2033, and listen to this one. Then above that, we can meet that previous high of 2100 that we saw almost, let's say, 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. And that will be the big mover. So if the gold price can get above that, let's say, one 
um, um, there's that level 1865. If you can get above 1865, I'm very bullish on gold. And there's something interesting as well, and I know not a lot of, of listeners watch this, but I tend to watch the Kruger Rand yeah. uh, on a daily basis on the on the local stock exchange. And what do you see is, remember, it's an illiquid instrument, so it doesn't move a lot. But suddenly the last, you can almost say three weeks, the moment there were a seller just selling a little bit under pressure, there was immediately some buyers grabbing those Kruger Rands. And that was quite interesting to me. And that usually tells me that there is some people that's nervous on the market and they tend to go to Kruger Rand. They also buy new gold or maybe physical gold. But the Kruger Rand suddenly, the moment it's under pressure, there's some buyers. So I'm bullish on the, on the gold price. And where will I get negative again? That's when that right shoulder will be taken out, and that will only be below 1,732. Above that, I'm bullish on gold, and especially the gold price, I think we can see a move up. Very good. Okay, so we've got some interesting uh, indicators there, S&P, uh, Rand, and gold, and we'll check in with you next week after those weekly charts have been collated by yourself, France de Cloak. How do people get in touch with you or follow your work, France? It's quite easy. They can just visit my website, um, www.francedeclair.com. Very good indeed. And I shall, I do that every day anyway. And I urge you to do so as well. If you want to know uh, the technical side of things rather than the fundamentals, France de Klerk is your man. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.